0: Welcome to the Fatboy MMA Podcast, where we talk about everything combat sports, but mainly MMA. If you want to hear a couple regular MMA fans talk about MMA history, notable fighters, up-and-coming fighters, and everything in between, then this is the podcast for you. Now, I should warn you, we're not professionals, but we are big fans of combat sports. Now, if that sits good with you, grab a beverage, sit back, relax, and let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fat Boy MMA podcast. I am your host, DC. And of course, I got my co-host here with me, Locke. Hey, how's it going, everyone? So, on today's episode, we want to talk about two different topics, two hot topics that's kind of going on right now um, that I think it's perfect timing to talk about them. Uh, One of them we kind of alluded to in the last episode that we would be talking about it. And that is the UFC lightweight division. And uh, since then we've had a big fight with uh, Charles Oliveira uh, versus, um, versus uh, 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 Justin Gaethje Uh, big fight there. That was, uh, you know, just an all around great fight. And I think it showed a lot in so many ways. And then the other thing, there's a new buzz and this buzz seems to come around like, Every like a certain point in time, every year there was a buzz where people are talking about the UFC should have a hundred and sixty-five pound division. So I wanted to get a chance to talk about both of those issues, but I want to kind of start off with the lightweight division. Um, of course, as I mentioned, uh, there was a big fight uh, last weekend or weekend before I forget now, uh, but with Charles Oliveira ver- versus Justin Gaethje. Uh, and one of the things, like you did not want to talk about this issue, because you did not want to talk about the great Charles Oliveira, them cheating on him, and making sure that the scale was off. They, they matter of fact, they put a ten pound weight on it, and then they made sure the ten pound weight was off, just so that Charles Oliveira could miss weight, so he wouldn't show his greatness. So I want to start with that. Why do you want them to cheat on Charles Oliveira?
1: I was really hoping we weren't going to talk about the 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 weight thing. So, <laughs> so I like Charles Oliveira. I like his story. Um, I'm glad that he finally got his run. So, I, I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. But I think he missed weight, and you know, I don't know if stripping the title was the right move, but. I don't feel like oh just give this guy his damn belt like he did it he performed impressively his whole title run has been great but there is weight limits and and it's a rule and not only did he miss weight the championship weight that's his fifth time missing weight in the promotion and I feel like some point I mean there not has to be 55. consequences for your actions
0: not at 55
1: but that makes it even worse. So what it tells me, that's like, you know, my wife, she's always late. So if you tell her it's at 4, she'll be there at 4.15. If you tell her at 5, then she'll be there at 5.15, right? So it's like, okay, so no, now you went up a division and you're still missing weight. So no matter where Listen, you fight at, you can't make weight. That makes it even to get more us frustrating. Canceled.
0: <laughs> stop trying to get us canceled. <laughs> I think that is every single female that i know i can't say that's every female but everyone that i know they're never on time i think that's universal but um yeah no i think you make a good point this is the only reason why i lean on uh, on a different side and it's because the ufc promotion knew for a fact that the scale had got tampered with and if you remember in that first round I forget how many people it was. It was like 10 people or something missed weight. The issue was everybody else was able to go back and get the rest of the weight off to weigh in that next time. And he wasn't, right? But he wasn't the only person that missed weight. It was like a few different people. Even to the point where, um, you know, Dana White talked about it and Joe Rogan talked about it. They now have a person to watch the scale to make sure it's not tampered with. And um, they went into the details of what happened. I guess these guys start messing with and changing a bunch of stuff on the scale. It's a digital scale, which, you know, before they used to use a, a, you know, a regular tap scale, but it's a digital scale. So they'll go in. And start messing with a bunch of stuff and change it, trying to change it from pounds to kilos and everything like that. And people kept messing with the scale. So if everything was just a regular weigh-in, without any of that, that the UFC knew for a fact happened, then I would agree with you 100%, 100%. You make the weight and that's it. If you don't, you know the consequences. But when something like that happens... And you have so many people miss, and they seem to miss by the same margin. That tells me something else is going on. There's 30
1: fires on the card, two missed weight, four yeah. people made champion, or four people had to make championship weight, three of them did. So I'm just saying. Yeah, but
0: this is, you got to think about that, though. How many people come in on a dot, and how many people come below? It depends on the ideology of whoever you have cutting weight. So I'll give an example. As you know, of course, Mike Dolce is one of my favorite people when it comes to making weight and everything like that. Mike Dolce's philosophy was always, you don't come in an ounce under that weight. You're on the weight on the dot. So if you have a person like Dolce in your camp and you're coming in on the dot and that scale is off, that's a problem where some of the other people are coming in below. So, and if that has been working for you, you know, why would you think it wouldn't work, you know, from that point forward? But, you know, again, I would agree with you a hundred percent. If we take out the factor that we, the UFC knows for a fact, the scale was tampered with. That has to be a factor in the equation. Well, and I didn't,
1: I didn't realize that the u s c had acknowledged that the scale had been tampered with. I was listening to uh, Chales, and he was saying that the uh, check scale was off, but not the actual um, weigh-in scale. So uh, yeah. then, I mean, I might have been a little bit misinformed there, but I just feel like, yeah, my, that was my initial reaction was, I mean, only two fighters made weight. He's a repeat offender, and three other people made championship weight, but...
0: Yeah no I I get that but you know now that that's over we can actually be friends again but um you actually answered one of the questions that I had which was um you know do you think he should be stripped and and it's 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 a bit of a it's a bit of an unfair question so I'll actually tackle it first so that way I'm not putting you on the spot for it you kind of answered it with what you said but um I think the issue is the rules are the rules. And if you don't come in championship weight, you don't get to fight for that title. Uh, The problem is I think it's such a blanket rule and it just doesn't factor in certain other things like in this situation, which, you know, usually doesn't happen where, you know, a fighter, you know, just misses, um, um, you know, based on a scale, you know, being tampered with, you know, once again, to the point where the UFC literally has, they hired a guard whose only job moving forward is going to be to watch the scale. It's their only job. They sit there and watch the scale and make sure nobody tampers with it, right? So um, when I look at that, I don't think he should have been stripped, um, but I don't think it hurt his legacy because he put on such a great performance, but it will hurt the numbers. It's kind of like, let's say he goes on a ridiculous tear and he wins, like, he defends the title, like, another seven, eight times in a row. It becomes one of those things, like, you know, the John Jones loss, right? Where it's like, man, this this little, small, his his record would have, you know, he would have beat GSP's record for, you know, t- oh, I'm sorry, not GSP, uh, 55. Who, who was, shoot, I don't even know who has, Khabib had, what, four or five? I don't think the record's that big at 55. No,
1: I believe the record is four defenses.
0: Yeah. So you figure he would have been like one defense away. Cause I believe this would have made three if I'm not mistaken. So he would have been one defense away. So once again, let's say he ran off, let's just say he ran off another four. That would have been eight title defenses, you know, and now it'll be four that, that, that affects your legacy especially in some of the conversations we have like goat conversations and everything like that right so i think it can hurt long term now if he goes out there loses his next fight or something well it's a non-factor he had you know he had two title defenses um but i think that's a that's a big factor so i don't know what should have been done i don't know if maybe it should have just been a lose a percentage of the purse but not be stripped based on the circumstances but I don't blame the UFC or the commission based on this is what the rule is if that makes sense so it looks like the record is
1: three title defenses and that's shared by BJ Penn Frankie Edgar Ben Henderson and Khabib all uh, okay. so yeah that's definitely something that's huge and and that is something i wanted to mention is when the the record it's like the heavyweight defenses record when when the record is that low then yeah one little thing can really throw that off from making him the greatest lightweight champion right. of all time you know yeah. like statistically when it comes to defenses and you know when you're talking about the john jones loss I think that even goes a little bit deeper where, yeah, he's got the, the loss, which is that it throws it off, but also the amount of times he got stripped and stuff. When you look at his win streak, it doesn't line up with his title, de- title defenses because he can't stop getting stripped of his title.
0: Yeah, the the stripping, though, the only reason why I look at that as being different, that's 100% his fault, right? That's right. It it is different. I'm not
1: saying it's the same thing. I'm just Mm -hmm. saying it's something that really is the muddies the water when you're looking at, you know, accomplishments
0: and stuff like that. I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, So let's get into the next thing. Uh, One of the things when we, you know, on last week's episode, we talked a bit about the welterweight division. We kind of talked matchups and everything. And I mentioned how the lightweight division is so different. Because in the welterweight division, almost none of those guys fought each other, right? In the in the lightweight division, almost everybody has fought somebody else in the top ten. In our top ten, we have Charles Oliveira at one. We have to count him as one because they took him away from the title, right? So technically, he's the number one contender right now. So he's at number one. Um, he's fought Justin Gaethje, Portier chandler and ferguson we have portier at number two portier's for uh Oliveira, connor and gaethje we have gaethje at number three he's for Oliveira, chandler ferguson and portier um islam has not fought anybody in the top 10 as we know he was scheduled to fight darius who's number six but uh darius got hurt um we have chandler at number five He's fought Ferg, uh, Gaethje, and Charles. And we have Darius, I mentioned at number six. He's fought Ferg. We have Dos Anjos. He has not fought anybody in the top 10. Uh, He is scheduled, though, to fight um, Rafael. And I, once again, everybody should know by now, I'm going to butcher a lot of these last names. It is not on purpose. I apologize. But uh, Fezjev. Uh, Rafael Faziev, he's scheduled to fight him he's number 10 uh, we have Connor. he's fought Portier, loss and of course we have Ferg he's fought Chandler Darius um, Justin Gaethje Charles Oliveira and Dos Anjos so that wraps up our top 10 so we only have three guys in the top 10 that hasn't fought someone else in the top 10
1: who's scheduled so, to fight
0: physio? uh Dos Anjos okay Yep. Rafael versus Rafael. <laughs> but um, um, I will say one thing, though, that, that, I, that I noticed there. um, It's funny to me, and, you know, I'm not a big fan of Islam getting that title shot. Although the way that things are looking, it's almost like you have to put him in that title shot. But he hasn't fought anybody in the top 10. And he's been in a promotion for a while. And you look at a guy like... For example, you look at a guy like Michael Chandler, he's only had four, I think, four fights in the promotion, and three of them have been guys in the top 10, right? So, you know, yeah, okay, so Islam is on a 10-fight win streak in the promotion, but it's like he's not hes not fighting that top-of-the-tier guys. And kind of like what I mentioned about um, Kamzat before, how do you put him at number four above a Chandler, above Use, who's on a seven-fight win streak himself, with beating somebody in the top uh, 10 in Ferg. Uh, how do you put him ahead of guys like that when he hasn't fought anybody in that top 10?
1: Yeah, Islam's definitely taken a Khabib-like approach to working his way up the rankings. And it's it is kind of murky. And especially when I get into my uh, answers to the lightweight division, because I, I have Islam higher than I, than he probably should be. But I'm also a fan of the wrestling grapplers. And I think, you know, you beat the guys that are in front of you. It is what it is. And ultimately it's not, we can't blame him for beating the guys that they put him up against And for rallying for a title shot. That's what you're supposed to do. He's a fighter. It's self-promotion. So I get all that. But, yeah, his record, you know, especially his last few fights, you know, you got Dan Hooker who has not, you know, he's been on a bit of a down streak. And then Bobby Green on a a short notice fight. And I I like Bobby Green, but that's not a – that's a lot like – beating ally Aquinta to get a title shot you know well i guess that was actually for the interim title but
0: yeah that was very similar yeah no i agree and it's not that i blame him i never blame the fighter themselves i blame everybody else you're doing what you're supposed to do to your point you beat who's in front of you and you go for the top of the mountain that's what you're supposed to do you have to be your number one promoter because so much of the business is about self-promotion selling tickets everything like that and i think he does a good job without trying to be a conor mcgregor or somebody like that which so many people right go that route and they're not good at it right um it's the fact that especially the people that vote on these things and everything how do you end up interpreting that like How do you see this individual as being so high without being tested first, right? The test is usually what tells me how you fit. So, you know, going back once again, the Kamzat reference, right? Him fighting Burns, for some people raised his stock, for some people lowered his stock. As you know with me, it lowered his stock because one i think he lost that fight but two based on who you are your size what you your self promotion everything i i don't expect that fight to be close right to me that that put that showed me how good burns really was i don't expect that fight to be close and i think you should actually have a loss there but i do think you belong now you belong in that top 10 for sure what number I don't know, but you definitely showed that you belong, but not at well, I forget what they have him number three or something like that. I don't see you as the number three guy, you know. There, so it's not until we see Islam in some type of test like that, and I think that Darius fight was going to be a good test, right? Um, where we can start saying, okay, yes, he's in that that top five, that top whatever, you know. You just don't see it and I mean, you you got a guy like um um once again I I'm I'm just gonna call him RF right <laughs> uh Rafael F um you know he's another guy that's on a streak right now right he's on a five fight win streak he's at number ten when he fights Dos Anjos we'll get a better idea of who he is right Dos Anjos a former champ he's fought as high as 170. We know he's going to go out there and put everything on the line. Yeah, if you go out there and look really impressive in, in, with a Dos Años, I see you moving up the line. Now, in my opinion, you need one more top 10 fight for me to really consider you as being a guy that should fight for the title. But I'm also the guy, remember, I'm all for people lower than the top 10 fighting top 10 people. That's how we get people that are kind of the unknowns cracking that top 10 in my opinion but how do you crack it and jump over all these guys and you haven't fought anybody in the top 10
1: no i definitely agree and i think that's something as a whole we need to do is start giving ranked fighters but lower ranked fighters opportunities to move up but we also know the big problem is now it's become such big business that's asking kind of a lot for the guy that's ranked higher because they're kind of putting their career on the line for a lose-lose situation. If they lose, mm-hmm. that's bad. But even if they win, it does, doesn't, does in theory, do anything for their rankings. Because in boxing, we wouldn't care. We're like, well, whatever. A fight's a fight. He was a ranked guy. We'll take it. We're used to tune-up fights and that kind of thing. In MMA, we hold these guys to the standard where we want them fighting the absolute monsters, the toughest possible talent every single time out
0: yeah and that that's one of those things where you know I think the promotion needs to change and when I say the promotion specifically the UFC because I I just don't think it's that way in other promotions but the UFC is by far the leader still so you know most of what we see is going to go off of the UFC but in a lot of other promotions I mean like, for example, we talk about how many times can you fight for a title? Well, you take a promotion like Bellator, listen, the Pitbull brothers will fight for a title every other week, right? Like, like how many titles have they fought for, right? Uh, you look at Chandler before he came over here. I mean, shoot, how many titles did he fight for? He's fought the, um, uh, the younger Pitbull brother for it. Actually, I think he fought both of them for a title. But, of course, we know his battles with Eddie Alvarez, like, So many of these because they put together, I think, the matchups that people want to see, but also they have so many different ways to allow people to fight their way back to a title without just throwing you away. And, um, you know, a lot of other promotions have that. It's just the UFC that has this thing that I think holds them back in a lot of ways. And I don't think they have to do it because the cream will still always rise to the top, right? I don't think you have to do it, um, but yeah, what, what I do want to get into is you mentioned you have kind of a, a ranking. I did not rank mine, so I want to go into your ranking. The only thing that I did do was talk about, which I'll go into after you do your ranking, what matchups I think we need to see to shake out some of this um, some of this top 10. Well, so that's actually what I did. Is probably a better
1: verbiage. I actually came up with some matchups, like the matchups that I thought needed to be made to kind of straighten everything out. Because let's hear it. It just like the welterweight division. Just like you you touched on earlier, it's so crazy how you got the exact same problem, but for different versions. They're they're both cluttered. One is because nobody fights each other. This one is cluttered because they all fought each other.
0: Right, <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so, um. Well, I think, so I had the next fight for the title. I had Charles Oliveira fighting Islam. And I know you had already kind of mentioned, and and I agree why that might be a little bit premature. But I think it'd be a really entertaining fight. I think it's a fight that Oliveira wins, you know, and I think it'd be some slick, slick grappling. And Islam carries a name. And, you know, this is the UFC that matters.
0: Yeah, I have the same matchup, actually, on mine. Not because I think he deserves it, but because, going back to what we talked about, all these guys have beat up on each other so much. The only guys with win streaks right now, Chandler has one. Darius is on seven, but he's hurt. That's the reason why he's not fighting Islam, right? You have uh, Dos Anjos is on a two-fight win streak. But he's fighting the only other guy on a win streak, Rafael F. Everybody else is coming off of a loss. Right. So, who else do you put in there? And it's one of the only
1: fights we haven't seen. You know, when we're talking about championship fights, at some point, you got to give us something different. You know what I mean? And, And that's something, too. That's one of the only ones we haven't seen, is another reason I liked it. Yep, I agree. And then. Who else you got? So, then for. Their first title defense, uh, so so I guess it'd be for like the next contender spot, and this is the one you probably won't like, but I still I'm still gonna run it out there as I got Michael Chandler versus Conor McGregor.
0: I got the same one. Are you serious? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel much
1: yeah. better about myself then.
0: <laughs> yeah, no well, and I, I think
1: the same. I think when I think when it comes to Conor McGregor, like it or not he plays by a different rules a little bit. Um, I mean, and, and that comes with a cachet When you've been a two division champion, when you sell giant fights every once in a while, you jump, jump the line. And Michael Chandler is a guy that he's one of the guys that I've been most impressed with in that he's not my favorite fighter or anything, but I didn't have high expectations when he came to the UFC. And he has not been in a boring fight. So I know he's two and two since coming here, but every fight has been exciting and fun to watch. And to me, that matters a lot. And ultimately, when you look at Oliveira, he's probably one of the guys that actually gave him in hindsight, the best fight.
0: Yeah. I like Chandler a lot. I liked him over in Bellator. He was one of, the, you know, I don't watch Bellator a lot, But I would watch it specifically for certain fighters. And he was one of the fighters that I I liked watching um, over in Bellator. And it was actually me liking Eddie Alvarez and their fights that put me on the Chandler. I didn't know who he was before he fought uh, Eddie Alvarez. But the reason why I have that matchup was because when I went down my list, it was the last fight left. And what I mean by that is... I don't see Ferg fighting right now anytime soon. He needs to sit down after that knockout, and he's on a four-fight losing streak, right? Now, granted, he's fought four killers, but he's still on a four-fight losing streak. And then once again, Darius is out. So we only have eight people in that top 10. And um, based on how I saw the matchups, the only one that seemed to work, and to your point, I think that would be exciting and people would love to see it, between those two would be Chandler versus Connor. And once again, Chandler, although he's only been the, the promotion a short period of time, he's pretty much fought everybody else, right? He's already fought Ferg, he's already fought Gaethje, and he's already fought Oliveira. So, you know, the only person really left was for him to fight Connor.
1: Yeah. I agree. I'm really surprised that uh, we've been on the same so same page so far. As I was coming up with this, like I feel like everyone, I was like, ah, he's gonna hate this. I'm gonna, I better really make sure I, I bring some kind of points because he's gonna pick apart everything that I try and run out there. And it's just ironic that these things I was iffy about. Uh, we so far we're batting a thousand on being on the same page. I was iffy about them too. <laughs> Who else you got? So then I got uh kind of clogging up the top of the the rankings. I got Poirier versus Gaethje in a rematch.
0: Okay, because... so give me one second. I have to show you my screen. I know I showed it to you earlier, but just so you don't think I'm full of shit. Can you see my screen right now?
1: No, I don't see... Okay, it's popping up. <laughs> Wow. Yeah?
0: How that's... crazy is that? <laughs> like it sounds like we picked the exact same lineup. Well that's that's, that's you good then that because, because you uh you know sometimes
1: great minds think alike and typically <laughs> we uh it, it's it's <laughs> ironic that we get along and we're such good friends because we very seldom agree on like anything
0: half the time. I think that's me and all of my friends. Maybe I'm uh... the eyeball. <laughs>
1: But yeah, the Poirier Gaethje fight, they both had title shots against the last two champions and both of them got choked out in both of them. So and it,
0: it's and it would be a rematch. Right, in which Poirier won. Yeah, but it was like it was before we really got the new Gaethje. He was still a bit more of a brawler. I think it was his first fight in the promotion, second fight in the promotion. Um, and he was, you know, he he third. really hadn't crossed over. It was third, okay. He yeah. really, I think, I still think he was in that. Um, yeah, because I think that was a part of his two fight losing streak, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think he had really crossed over yet to not going out there and brawl, and I think it would be an exciting rematch.
1: I agree. And that's kind of the fight that made him the fighter he is now. Because, you know, when he went with Trevor Whitman, if you remember in that Ferg fight, there's a part where Trevor Whitman sits him down in between the rounds and Gaethje's real pumped up and and Whitman's trying to tell him, give him some strategy and calm him down. And he says, we've been here before, you know, kind of whatever he said. And Gaethje said, yeah, twice. So, Yep. That that's that Poirier loss is an important part of the fighter that Gaethje's became. And, and I think it's good for both of them. I, I don't know what Poirier has planned, but I think this kind of might be his last run or he might be looking at, you know, wrapping this up at some point in the next couple years. And I think it's either a good fight to get him back on track and showcase what, you know, how elite he really is. Or it's a chance for Gaethje to get that, you know, a big loss back. So either way, I think that's a rematch that needs to happen. And it helps shake out the division.
0: Yeah, the last thing I heard recently within the last couple of days, um, Portier was offered a fight against, um, against, um, uh, shoot, why is his name not coming to my head right now? Kobe? Yeah, Kobe Covington. And Mm -hmm. he originally turned it down. And he basically said, I'll fight him, but it would be a street fight. And his, his explanation was he didn't want Kobe to get any. He feels like he's the hot guy right now, the hottest out of the two. And he didn't want Kobe making money writing off of his name. But then yeah. he turned around and said, you know what? And he put it on Twitter. You know what? I accept. And he even gave a date. I think that's a bad matchup for him. I just don't like that fight for him. Um, you know, Kobe, I think hits harder. I don't think his standup is as crisp, but I think he hits harder. His cardio is crazy. And we know he's going to grapple the shit out of Portier. And I just don't think even if Portier can hold off some of the grappling, I don't think that his transitions would be good enough based on the pace that Kobe would put on him. Especially him moving up in weight to 170 to be able to now also go out there and strike effectively after defending hundred takedowns around. I think it's a bad matchup for him. I don't think it goes any different than you know Kobe versus uh, versus Masvidal. You know, I, I really just don't see that fight going any different, and I don't see a reason why he needs to do it right now. Like, it, it it just doesn't make sense to me because I feel like, especially in this division, how we talked about, you know, all these guys beat up on each other. He got two wins on guys in the top 10. He recently lost to the champion. I mean, I see him as being two more fights away from a possible n- another shot at the title, especially if um, Islam is able to take that title from Oliveira. Right, we got a whole new everything from that because Oliveira's pretty much beat everybody in the top 10. Right,
1: yeah,
0: I agree. Um, I think it's a matchup, it's a bad
1: matchup. It doesn't do much for him because that's not even his weight class. Um, it does a lot for Colby because he's gonna run his mouth. He's you know, Colby's all about the kind of cutting promos and stuff like that, so. He yeah. will turn a win at 170 against a uh, lightweight into a big deal, you know? And uh, yep. and uh I agree, honestly, with Poirier. I don't know that this is why he's doing it. I think he knows it's a bad matchup, but Machismo won't let you punk out. So it's easier to say, I don't want him making money off my shine, which I think I agree with that. I just don't know that that's the actual real reason, but if I was him, I wouldn't want Colby making money off that fight. Um, but I do see it going same, the same way as the George fight. But I don't—I'm not worried about the pace. I think Dustin Poirier could keep a good pace, especially you know if he's not having to cut weight for the fight and stuff like that. But I just seen—if you looked at the last, the last Oliveira fight, some of the hesitations he had out of trying to play it safe in the grappling department. If you're worried, and I know it's different styles of grappling, but if you're worried about getting grappled up by Oliveira, Kobe's going to ragdoll
0: you. Yeah, I think for Kobe, I think it's exactly what you said. I, I think he's trying to go the easy way out. And like you said, cut a promo and everything. To me, the only fight for him right now, he needs to fight Kamzat. That's the fight that needs to happen, in my opinion, at 170. Kamzat beating Burns, even though, once again, I don't have to repeat how I feel about it. He's still got the W. The only next step, especially with Usman being out right now, Kobe needs to step up and prove whether he's the guy or whether Kamzat's the guy. That's what needs to happen in that division to me. That's the best fight, and we get a chance to see especially by both of these guys being grapplers, we know how that usually works out, usually ends up in some type of kickboxing match or something like that, but it definitely would end up in some form of a tough man contest. And I think we need to see out of the two of those guys who should be that next guy. And if Kamzak goes out there and he beats Kobe, it's no denying whether the Burns win was close or not, You beat number two and number three, you're the guy, right? Or call it number one and number two, right, Um, with Usman being a champ, You beat number one and number two, you're the guy, period. And I think that makes it even bigger for when Usman's back for selling that fight. That's what I think Kobe has to do, stop calling out lightweights.
1: Yeah, he does need to stop calling out lightweights. I personally, kind of what Eric said on our last episode, I would rather see Kamzat versus Bilal Muhammad, or it might've even been you that said it only because if you put Kamzat against there against Colby and Colby wins, now we just burnt a contender and I don't want to see Colby Usman three. So the reason I like Kamzat versus Bilal Muhammad is at least we can get either way we get a new title contender.
0: Yeah, no, I can, I can roll with that also. Um, Anything else on that before I go ahead and switch over to our second topic? Um, and then one more after that fight. I believe you had um Dos
1: Anjos versus uh, Fiziev, correct?
0: Yep. Yep.
1: I had and Dos versus
0: versus Uh See, that one's already scheduled. But, again, with Darius, he's hurt. I don't think they have any timeline for him coming back. That's why the Islam fight was dropped. 'Cause I think the Islam fight was the right fight with Islam having ten wins uh in the UFC, you know, streak and Dariush on seven. That was definitely the right fight to me, and then both of them get a top ten guy. But I didn't I looked around, I don't even know what Darius's injury is. There doesn't seem to be a lot of talk about it to know how long he's gonna be out, whether it's something quick or you know, whatever else, but uh, the Dos Anjos fight is definitely scheduled, it is for let me see what it's for right now what um, I think it's scheduled for the end of June if I'm not mistaken it is scheduled for July 9th so, you know we're about, you know it's coming up today. Soon. T- today is the is May 19th, so we're a little under two months away from it but we know how that works anything can happen between now and then Somebody else gets hurt, somebody falls out, somebody gets called up, you know, who knows what'll happen. Okay, so from there, as I mentioned, this is one of those topics that seem to just come up like at least once a year. And usually it's, um, as we get muddy waters like we have now, lightweight divisions muddy, welterweight divisions muddy, and, um, I think a lot of people could easily see uh weight class being smack dab in the middle. Uh, but before I want to I go on specifically into that, um, and, you know, I like to throw a few things in for anybody that may be kind of new to MMA. I want to run down what the weight classes are in the UFC. I want to run down one FC, which is a little bit different. Theirs represent kind of what you see over in the Asia area. And then I want to run down boxing because as we know, so much of, um, so much of MMA just to make it legal and everything was adopted from boxing. So I want people to understand what those weight classes are. So in the UFC and generally speaking in America, this is pretty much what you have at the top level. Uh, you have some other things in some of the regional promotions, like they'll have a super heavyweight or something like that, but What I'm about to run down is what you're going to see in UFC, Bellator, IFL, everything like that. Um, Some of them may not have this low of a weight class, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, So we have 125, which is flyweight, 135 bantamweight, 145 featherweight, 155 lightweight, 170 welterweight, 185 middleweight, 205 light heavyweight, and then 265 uh i'm sorry 205 light heavyweight if i didn't say that right and then 265 heavyweight and those numbers represent you have to weigh in under that so that is the heaviest that you can be not the start of that weight class okay over in one it's very similar but the difference is they have a 225 weight class and then the naming conventions are uh everything kind of bumps um up 10 pounds so 125 is straw weight and over in one and most of the asian promotions 135 is flyweight 145 is bantam weight 155 is featherweight 170 is lightweight 185 is welterweight 205 is middleweight and then that's there that 225 is light heavyweight and then 265 is heavyweight now as you can see the gaps are between 10 to 15 to 20 pounds in MMA. And for a lot of people, they feel like that's such a big gap, which I agree, especially when you factor in, you know, wrestling. 10 pounds is a big difference, in my opinion, in a wrestling match when two individuals are already well-trained machines. We're not talking about some fat dude out of the bar. You know, the reason why we created Fat Boy MMA, right? We're not talking about that guy going up against somebody trained. We're talking about two very highly skilled trained individuals. So if we look at boxing, and I won't go down to the smallest weight classes because it goes all the way down to 105, I'll start in the area where it's about where MMA starts at. And that's super bantam weight, that's 122. Featherweight is 126, super featherweight is 130, lightweight is 135, super lightweight is 140, welterweight is 147, super welterweight is 154, middleweight is 160, super middleweight is 168, light heavyweight is 175, cruiserweight is 200, and then heavyweight is unlimited. Basically, if you're over 200 pounds, you're a heavyweight. But other than heavyweight, as you can see, all of the gaps are actually less than 10 pounds. And we've seen many times when guys try to make those jumps and go up, it's a big difference. So if we take, for example, a Canelo, who a lot of people, you know, regard regards as the uh, best pound for pound right now, even though he just took a loss. Uh, when he fought Floyd, that was at 154, which is where I think most of his fights were. That was at uh, super middleweight, I mean super welterweight, also known as junior middleweight. Then he went up to middleweight, that's where he fought triple G. So he went from 154 to 160. And then where he just lost that, no, I'm sorry, middleweight is 160, and super middleweight, and then I believe he just fought at light heavy. I believe that's where he fought, and that's Mm -hmm. 175, right? So we're talking about a 21 pound jump. But if you're in a promotion like the UFC, that could be one weight class. That For him, that's four different weight classes, right? In the UFC, you figure if you go from middleweight to light heavyweight, that's 20 pounds from 185 to 205. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think there's more than enough room for some of these weight classes. The only reason why I want to touch on 165, For some reason, that is the hot point for everybody. So I wanted to get your opinion, 165 in general or anything that I ran down. Well, so I think the reason
1: 165 is always the hot one is because that's where the 10-pound margin stops. Up to there, it's 25, 35, 45, and you're just trolling right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think it also coincides with that that is an age range where a lot of these people's body types start to change. Um, So I think, I think with you having that big weight gap right there is you're looking at a lot of these guys like, you know, Kevin Lee and cowboy that they're really tweeners. They're, they're way too small Mm -hmm. to compete at a high level at welterweight. But, they really, really diminish themselves physically to get down to lightweight.
0: Yeah, I think you make a um I think you make a really good point there. And um in general, as you said, I, I do I never thought about that being kind of that first weight class where you make a fifteen pound jump and then you start going into the bigger jumps after that. But go ahead. Um so I think that's why it comes up a lot.
1: But I think the crucial piece to adding a 65 division means that we can't keep welterweight at 170. I think we move 70, welterweight to 175, keep it at that 10-pound differential, and now we go 55, 65, 75, 85, then we're in business. And and I believe Eagle FC has already introduced a 165 division, where Diego and uh, Kevin Lee just fought at 165, I believe.
0: Uh, they got an event coming up too. I think um, I think Dos San uh, Dos Santos is on their next event coming up. Um, but you it's, may be right. Uh, Nate
1: Diaz is another one that's uh, been always kind of rallying for a one sixty five. And I think there was a yeah. time where you could have added this one sixty five, and you have Kevin Lee, you got Cowboy, you have uh, maybe Anthony Pettis, you got Nate Diaz. That could have been a really really good competitive division that would have made some great fights you know you get these guys in a weight division that's a better suit for them and i think to me it feels like the only reason that dana white's not doing it is because people are telling him to and he doesn't like to be told what to do and now no. if he was to do it it would look like caving to the fighters and he doesn't want to start this precedent because i honestly think it's a great idea and i think it's right in As they're growing, um, you know, you add another champion, you spice things up. I think it would be a great move, and I really think it's 100%. He just doesn't want to be told what to do, and he doesn't want to be seen as caving to the fighters, and that's why he's not going to do it.
0: Yeah, well, one thing I think that you pointed out that is a big thing that people aren't talking about, I do think, I agree with you that if you bring in a 165, you should make welterweight. 175 um it makes a lot of sense to me uh in in the asian promotions welterweight is actually 185 but to your point you keep that 10 pounds all the way until you pass middleweight and then you have a big jump to light heavyweight but i think a lot of the welterweights um that are true welterweights would still do good by that extra five pound allowance right i think that five pounds would do good for usman i don't think that hurts usman right um well especially with him being
1: a physical specimen he'd have to drain himself a, a little less he's he's a big boy he's thick you know he could hit the weights a little bit more because honestly at 170 that's probably something that he's not able to focus on a lot that is an important part of his game he's big and he's strong But you got to be careful, you know, hitting the weights too hard and adding strength to add weight to cut off to make it harder for you, you know?
0: Yeah. And GSP actually talked about that. And, you know, people don't consider GSP to be a big welterweight, but he talked about that. He actually um, couldn't lift weights often. Uh, Faraz talked about that also because, you know, he grabbed weights and he balloons up and then it makes his weight cut harder right so there were very specific times kind of early in camp in which he can lift and then after that he he pretty much couldn't lift any weights um so i think yeah that's a really good point and um you know what you said about dana yeah plus i think dana's always in the he's always in the business of controversy because controversy sells right So to keep people arguing about 165 helps, right? It's like if you look at college football forever when people would argue about the way that the Bulls were set up and saying it needed a championship. But they went so long without that because the arguments at the end, you know, you go back to, of course, you know, us being Michiganders, you go back to, you know, 97, the year where Michigan split the title with Nebraska. And never played each other, right? No, I want the title outright. You know what I mean. So, um, oh, we we just
1: have the, it. I don't. Nebraska, who? That's our <laughs> title. Ninety-seven national champs.
0: <laughs> but um, that controversy, you know, sells. But I think Nebraska did it now. Nebraska
1: forfeited their share of that national championship when they came back into the Big Ten
0: to join the conference. It's a good point. That is a very good point. But um, I think still, if they did a 165 now, you still have more than enough people. I think Masvidal fits good there. I think Connor in particular, Big Connor. I don't think Big Connor is big enough for 170. I just don't think that's it. But I don't think he wants to make the cut to 55. I think that's still a tough cut for him. No, it's not 45. He doesn't look dead. But it's still a tough cut. I think uh Bilal Mohammed, believe it or not, even though he's doing well at 170, I think he's a better 65er. Dosanez is one of those guys that's all with already always in between, right? He's not the tallest guy, but he's a he's kind of a wider, thicker guy. But I don't think he's big enough for 170. He could easily be a 65 guy. Uh, Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns is thick as hell. His neck is bigger than his ears. He could drop a couple pounds and be a 165 guy, right, and not have to get as big to fight those monsters. And what's even bigger, I think, you mentioned Eagle FC having it, but if the UFC brought a, in a 165-pound division, they can do an entire um, uh, tough around it and every. They would pull so many people away from other promotions that want to fight at 165. And then to your point, there's a new champion, and I think you set up more of those big champ champ fights because you get more of those weight classes closer together. That's the reason why somebody like a Triple C or Henry Cejudo was able to do it at those lower weight classes because it's not that big of a gap. It's a lot harder when Israel Alessania has to go up 20 pounds, you know, to fight uh Jan. I'm not going to pronounce his last name, right? Blachowicz. To fight Jan, right? Yeah, blow your, Well, yeah, and you physically you see it, even though. Yes.
1: Style is a tall guy. The second they got in, like, physical contact into grappling. Jan is just way bigger. He's, yes. <laughs> that's, you know, yeah. you're comparing apples to oranges there. And, and it's crazy because style bender, he's not big, but with his height, he's a pretty decent sized middleweight. And, you know, you would never see that. Robert Whitaker is a former welterweight going up to middleweight. He could never
0: yeah. make that jump. Exactly. He's five yeah. 11 or something. Yeah. I think you're exactly what you said. And I think, one of the reasons why Izzy did it, one, of course, to test himself and to become another champ champ, but also, you know, he's fought at 205 in kickboxing, but you don't have the factor or the threat of that big guy taking you down, putting you on your ass. It's a different fight, right? Very then, Because that's fight. how it happened.
1: Like, Jan exactly. wouldn't
0: want to stand and bang with him. Exactly. Exactly. And just like, of course, as we know, um, you know when Khabib landed the big punch on Connor, Khabib doesn't land that punch if the threat of the takedown isn't there. Connor picks Khabib apart. So just Absolutely. having that threat, the striker has to change everything that he's doing because he's worried about that takedown from a big, strong guy. So Connor annihilates.
1: Connor annihilates Khabib in a boxing match.
0: Yes. Yes. So with that said, I think there's so many avenues where 165 would be huge for the UFC. And to your point, the only thing that I could think about would possibly be Dana's ego that wouldn't allow for that 165 to come in. We've gotten rid of divisions before. We've brought in divisions before. We've talked about this before for anybody that may be new to MMA or UFC. There wasn't, you know... The 125, 135, and 145 were brand new. 155 was there. They got rid of it and brought it back. At one point in time, the UFC was only 170 pounds and up. Now, of course, if you're going to go way, way back, they didn't have weight classes. But as far as what most people look at is still the modern era, era, it was 170 and up. So they can introduce whatever they want, you Mm -hmm. know? And people will, other
1: organizations will fall in line because they typically do. You know, it's they follow the leader. But it's yeah, to me, it's just strictly stubbornness because it's the move to make, and it's the evolution of your sport. You see, as your sport evolved, you went from the having all kinds of sponsors to a uniform. You know, if you want to do stuff like that, let's let's fix this glaring you know, problem in our business model.
0: Right. No, I I totally agree. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where um, just in general, some of these issues that we're talking about, where you have some of these cluttered, very cluttered divisions, it starts happening after those big jumps because it's harder for guys to go one way or another it's not as cluttered in some of the other promotions. You know, 125 was pretty cluttered when DJ was there, but that was because it was brand, brand new, and they really just hadn't recruited a bunch of the small guys yet. But once more and more people start coming in, they got the sahudos and everything like that, a lot of those smaller divisions, because guys can hop around, Um, Or it's easier for them to hop around. If it gets too cluttered, it's easy for a guy to just move up or down a weight class. I think that makes a huge difference. Definitely. Okay. So I think we talked about and hit on, you know, kind of everything we wanted to. Um, Other than the only other question I would ask, other than the people that I named, was there anybody else that you think, um, and let's even go outside of the UFC, somebody that you think in the UFC that they could bring over to be in that 165-pound division that you would love to see. Oh, really quick, because this would be a great matchup. I had posted in our you know little fight group that um, Paul Daly, you know, he retired after his last fight that just happened, but he mm-hmm. said that he would come back to fight BMF title against Masvidal. I absolutely would love to see that fight. That would be a fight I would pay to see.
1: Definitely. That'd be a great fight. Um, Any of our new listeners might not know, the only reason Paul Daly isn't in the UFC is because of a sucker punch he took at Koshchak after a fight. And they basically said, you're out and you're never coming back. Which is one of these things, like, really? like is You look at some of the stuff some of these fighters have done... Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, go ahead and give him the boot for a while to prove your point, but never come on. You know, it's uh they're professional face punchers and he took a sucker sucker punch. You know what I mean? There's yeah. people that are out here doing a lot worse and still getting their runs. And uh that would be a, a great fight. I'd definitely like to see that. But uh I've already moved on from one sixty five. I'm already wanting to see like uh, Robert Whitaker at 175 is actually what I'm thinking that's I think I like that, that could be a great division for
0: him Robert Whitaker versus Usman at 175 yeah that's that would a be fight.
1: a great fight
0: that's a and I I do not know who I would pick in that fight that is a great matchup See, so Dana White, we're fixing all kinds
1: of divisions with this thing, That's man. And these, are, this do. is free. We're giving you we these jewels problems. for free, man. Listen, we to just the gave you boys. your lightweight tournament, <laughs> and then now
0: we just gave you a, a great 175 championship fight. If all else fails, listen to the fat guys drinking beer. If you want to know how to fix the sport, <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, I'm uh, I'm getting healthy. I'm going uh, green tea today. Uh, I'm so disappointed in you.
0: <laughs> My body's
1: trying to reject it. Like, it's like, what is
0: this? There's no
1: hops in this at all.
0: No, but I, I like that. Um, and I think you brought up a good point. And that's the thing. You create so many new matchups in general by that double move. 165, 175. I like it. Um, I'm going to have to add Dana. I'm going to have to go ahead and take this part put it on the clip, put it on the social media at Dana white. And then one day he'll talk about us and talk about how big of an idiots we are. And then we'll, we've made it after that point. Right. (laughs) I'll take
1: it. I mean, that's really my goal is to get Dana white to tweet at me to shut the fuck up.
0: (laughs) I mean, those, those fucking guys. I mean, come on, those guys are idiots. Yes. Dana, we've made it. (laughs) Okay. Any last words? I guess the only thing is I feel like
1: we've been agreeing and then coming to, like, logical conclusions, even to our disagreements lately. And and I feel that's a little bit off. So I got a feeling we got a big one coming up because it's been a long <laughs> time of us coming up with the same matchups, agreeing with each other. It's, there's got to be it's the calm before the storm. Like, I'm L- not sure listen. what it is. But there's going to be a big one coming.
0: This isn't what our five listeners came here to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. This wraps up another episode of the Fat Boy MMA podcast. Come back and listen again. That wraps up another Fat Boy MMA podcast. If you have a topic for us, please email us at fatboymma55 at gmail.com Or reach out to us on social media by going to links.fatboymma.com. That's links.fatboymma.com. Thank you for listening.